Hi, welcome to Clojo's Corner, a podcast for managers and leaders in the restaurant industry. My name's Curtis Cook, a.k.a. Colocho, a name I received many years ago when I first started in the restaurant business. Today's podcast, Leadership Legacy. What are you leaving behind when you leave an organization? So first, you got to begin with the end in mind. You know, a lasting impact can't be achieved just at the tail end of your career with an organization. It really is throughout your whole career with that organization is how it's developed. Your leadership legacy is just made up of all the decisions and actions and and really, honestly, the mistakes, too, of what you did when you were with that company. So the challenge is that just every stage of your career, you're focused on creating sustainable influences and just assuring that your mark's imprinted on those who remain. So when I say legacy, you know, for some people that come to mind, you think of Michael Jordan or Kim Olajuwon who were in their game and they really imprinted on those who followed them. You know, and then you think of the business world and you got Sam Walton and uh, Walt Disney. Both were innovative and the way they controlled their companies impacted the people. They left a feeling behind of who they were and imprinted on their culture. In my life, uh, in the restaurant industry, I can think of two people who've uh, definitely I've seen their legacy and how it's been carried on throughout the years, and that would be Brad Miller and Joel Perkins. Both these leaders were known for their management skills and leadership skills, but most importantly, how they made you feel, how important they made you feel, and how much they cared. And when we talk about leadership legacy, you know, it's to remember that results come and go, and uh, with the leader, there'll be a new goal the following year with new results. But really, it's a powerful reminder that leaving a legacy lives through people, not results. Your positive impact will ripple beyond your tenure when you connect, develop, and inspire. So when I start looking at my leadership legacy, you know, I really kind of got it down um, as a legacy statement, and that's used for my podcast, which is manage with your head, lead with your heart, and walk in faith. Because me, I want to leave a positive legacy. You know, really prioritizing people over results, you know, three years from now, A team member won't remember what results we hit and if we hit those goals, but they'll remember how I made them feel. I always focus on controlling less and empowering more. You know, teach your team to make intelligent gambles and improvise along the way. You know, it's about making work enjoyable and they'll gain experience and independent work because once you're gone and they have a new leader, they may have to be the one making those choices. For me, it's always important to walk the walk, you know, model the behavior you want to last. Your team watches you and learns more from watching you than they do listening to you. So make sure you're modeling the behaviors you want them to embody. So as I said earlier, you know, my leadership statement's pretty simple. You know, manage with your head, lead with your heart, and walk in faith. But, you know, while looking to do some research on this topic, you know, I ran across this uh, statement on the National Center for the Middle Market. What I find so interesting about this statement is really embodies a lot of what I believe and what I've tried to really live through my management career. So I'm gonna kind of break these down for you and share it. uh, And I think it really will help you create your own leadership statement and leadership legacy. So as a leader, it's my responsibility to own and communicate a vision for those who would follow. So, you know, it is your responsibility to get a plan, to create it and manage and to get it there. But, you know, that's what's important to remember is you don't have to be the owner of the company to have a vision. Yes, you want your vision in line with what the company has, but as you're creating your legacy, it is having a vision and getting those to follow you. You know, when I started off as a floor manager, you know, my vision was to have a run a perfect shift, to have low comps, to have guest compliments, to have a shift that everybody want to work on the next shift they had with me. 
So, you know, I planned it. I had a good pre-shift. Uh, I would get games. I would do stuff like that. And then during the shift, it was, again, reminding them of our focuses for the day, what we're going to do to achieve those sales goals, to achieve great tips for them. And again, to get them excited about wanting to come back for the next day. So, you know, communicating my vision was very important in establishing my leadership legacy. And then that leads into, you know, as a leader, my actions speak louder than my words. So when I was running floor shifts, I was always engaged with the guests. I was engaged with my staff members. I was engaged in having a great shift. And I held myself accountable. You know, yes, I had fun, but it was focused fun. And again, when I had to do something, I moved in a decisive manner. You know, I want them to see I had confidence to handle the situation and that I was going to take care of it and it was going to be a great decision. And, you know, and as I moved up in the company, again, it was about my actions. It's one thing for someone to say, yeah, I got it and I'm going to take care of it. It's another thing to make it happen and happen beyond the expectations that they had for it. All right. Next is as a leader. I am empathetic to others. Let me repeat that. I am empathetic to others. This is very important to me. You really have to remember you're engaged with real people and not just positions. It's not just a busser, just a host, just a server. You're engaging with real people that have real lives outside of work. And again, you got to ensure that they're having the proper work-life balance and helping with that. You know, you must truly listen to what they're saying and feeling and not necessarily just the words they're using but their body language, you know, what, what's the message they're really telling you? And, you know, and this is really where sometimes it does require a lot of patience and really making sure that they know you care. And by caring does not mean that you justify or you believe in, in their actions and what they did, but that you care about them as an individual. Developing my leadership legacy has a lot to do with being empathetic to others. I've seen it too many times where managers are running shifts and they're frustrated with uh, I really would say in that position not that person and they're not understanding what that person's going through and again you know hard on standards soft on people what does that mean it's about being empathetic it's about understanding but still maintaining the standards throughout it all so you know I can think of a time where you know sitting there documenting someone for being in the proper uniform but again it goes past just that documentation I'm listening to the why they didn't uh, come in the right uniform and understanding it and still giving them solutions to get past it. But again, I empathized with them, but I still maintain the standards I had. All right, the next one, as a leader, I instill trust. You know, sometimes trust comes without conditions. Sometimes trust must be earned, but really at all times, trust has to be nurtured. What's interesting about trust is it does not come without honesty and respect. Don't really get in your team to where they know they can approach you with good news or bad. And that the most important thing is that they come to the table with solutions, not just complaints. And you got to remember as a new manager or experienced manager, that's a new employee and their situations for them may be a first time situation. And they shared information with you through trust and hopeful guidance. So again, how do you handle that and how you grow it and nurture it really will make a huge difference in their future. And really your future and how you're perceived and how people carry on how much they trusted you and believed in you. And, you know, this goes for your management teams and also with operations or however your company's set up. But again, that trust just has to have that honesty and respect in it. And again, not bringing something to the table, not bringing up a situation because it's uncomfortable, that can lose your trust because you didn't give someone an opportunity to make it better or help fix it. 
Instead, you gave it silent approval, which again, then all that does is cause a problem for someone else down the road. All right, and as a leader, I will teach others. You know, again, communication is the framework for teaching. So being willing to share what you know, and also you gotta be able to share what you believe when it's appropriate. So, you know, others may not necessarily agree with what you have to say, but say it and then provide your reasoning. You know, that gives everyone opportunity to form their own thoughts and opinions and then learn from my knowledge and experience. And, and this is one of those so invaluable lessons about communicating and teaching. It isn't necessarily about directly teaching and you teach them how to make a glass of iced tea. It's the comments that you make, the reasoning behind the re why you do something or the way you do something or your expectation. You know, I've been constantly surprised throughout the years where someone will bring up a comment I made while on the expo line or, you know, in the cooler or somewhere else where I was just talking about a topic. And again, it left such a strong impression uh, about that topic that they remembered it and brought it up. And they use that in their own management style years later. So for me in my current role, I, I do talk to managers a lot and uh, op, ops team and really talking about situations and sharing my viewpoint on how I would handle it or, you know, maybe, you know, what the other person was thinking uh, and how I would handle that situation. So, you know, being able to share those insights and be able to share my previous experience has really helped them uh, grow. And with that, of course, that just builds upon my leadership legacy. All right, next is as a leader, I'm flexible. You know, the circumstances around me are always changing and a lot of times outside of my control. You know, they're, you're always kind of continuously embracing the change and adapting to it. You know, sometimes change doesn't come without risk. You know, you, you kind of have to be smart enough to recognize the risk, brave enough to accept it, and then creative enough to minimize the negative impact. You know, sometimes as leaders, you just try to want to stay the course and not be willing to change. But, you know, you have to be flexible enough to know that sometimes the information that you receive changes. And again, that you have to kind of redirect the direction you're going. And again, that's where it goes back to, t uh, to the trust factor with your team. And they'll trust that, you know what, you can change decisions. You can change a direction. You can change a path. And again, be successful in that. You know, and as a leader, I just never stop learning. Of course, learning isn't limited to just, you know, reading books and listening to these great podcasts and, you know, and learning in traditional sense. You know, to me, it's a lot about learning from my mistakes, you know, create an environment where it's, again, acceptable for others to make mistakes, to learn from them and to fail forward. Um, I'm big about learning to fail forward, you know, evaluate what happened, what you could have done differently, what I can do better the f moving forward. I'm not going to dwell on it. Uh, and to me, again, you know, learning is uh, never ending. You know, next is as a leader, I want to contribute to the growth of others. Again, others grow when they're prepared, encouraged, and permitted to take on new growth opportunities. You know, and for me, it's about making sure it's knowing it's my responsibility to create the growth opportunities, and that's communicate it to them. You know, I don't know how many times early in my career, you know, when I was looking to find managers, I would see somebody and I would just ask, hey, have you ever thought about going to management? And if they said yes or no, I just kind of left the question and then followed up with them a week or two later and said, hey, have you thought about what we talked about? And be amazed how much deeper that conversation is and how much further you go with it. 
So for me, it's always challenging people to grow and then just letting them know what's expected and then just them enabling others to grow and be able to pass it forward. You know, I'll tell you all a quick story about when we were opening up the Gringos in spring. I was talking to the owner, Joel Perkins, and he goes, you know why we're opening up this restaurant? And I was like, well, to make money. And he laughed and he goes, well, I hope it makes money. He goes, really, for me, the opportunity is I get to create more opportunities for you because you'll be a new GM at this restaurant, which open up a GM spot for someone else and also more managers and more staff members. And then also with that opportunity, it's going to give me more of an opportunity to help someone. I mean, that total changed my paradigm to think, wow, we're opening this restaurant so he can help more people, give more opportunity. And that just empowered me to want to be able to do the same thing. And I had that power to help develop those people, give more people opportunity, and again, and, and just duplicate what he was doing. All right, next is, as a leader, I got to recognize the strength of others. Of course, in order to do so, I first must understand and know myself very well. I definitely have my own strengths and weaknesses, and I must learn how to use my strengths, but I must recognize and use the strength of others on my team to succeed. And as I've grown in management, I've really learned to try to utilize people's strengths and their passions and, and put those as their main focus of their job and let them flourish because it really helps the company grow. You know, I'm also big on personality tests and doing all different types of uh, tests to try and see how my team fits and how it works and what their strengths are. And, you know, we can also recognize their weaknesses, but really when everyone gets to focus a lot on their strengths and their passions it's amazing how much all the other things happen uh, just as part of it you can talk about you know the strengths i'm talking about our growth of our operations team and um, it was two of us uh, kendall and myself and when if you've ever gone through the six types of working genius by pat lencioni it gives you a good breakdown of what are your uh, your working genius and then your working frustrations one of my geniuses is invention, which happens to be one of Kendall's frustrations. And one of her working geniuses is enablement, which happens to be one of my working frustrations. So what's great is neither one of us have the same working frustrations, but we are totally covered with our working competencies and working genius. So this really gave us a great balance of doing what we really enjoy doing and allowing each other to do that, but then also covering the things that we needed to cover and didn't necessarily enjoy all the time. So it really was a great work balance for us. So then we added another member to our ops team, uh, Christy, and again, she was training, and during training, we really recognized she really had a, a strong passion for the heart of house. So instead of going one direction with her in their training program, we really went ahead and adapted to her strengths and the heart of the house, and it has been amazing to see the growth in that area. And then we added Justin to the team. Again, he has a keen eye for detail. It really bugs him when things aren't perfect. So be it the way a plate looks, a way a procedure's written, or you know, he's in charge of our inspection. So you can imagine the growth that we've had in our cleanliness and organization in the restaurants. And now we're adding Marvin to the team, which his working genius is galvanizing. So he's able to help Christy really fine tune these systems and procedures and get people to make it happen. So this ties right into the next one. As a leader, I create and promote teamwork. Uh, as you can see, I'm highly motivated by the team that I have and the great things that we'll accomplish and the great things we did accomplish all throughout COVID. 
And you know what? One of the biggest things we're able to do is have fun. To kind of wrap this up and give you all my final thoughts on legacy leadership. Uh, again, it's about beginning with the end in mind. You know, for me, it's continuously training and developing people, helping them in their growth. Uh, again, that's how I'm going to leave my impact on this world. And again, you just think that for someone, you are their world. You make the, all the difference. You were the one who gave them the first step, the first opportunity. And, and how inspiring is that when you, when you leave this world to know that you made someone else a better person? And for me, it's just reminding you to manage with your head, lead with your heart, and walk in faith. Thank you.